Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose, took the child and his mother by night, and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod had died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. He rose, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go back there. And because he had been warned in a dream, he departed for the region of Galilee. He went and dwelt in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled He shall be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Again, I want to welcome everyone. Uh, This is an awesome feast for us all as a church. This is the Feast of the Holy Family. And I believe this is the most important, really, a feast that the Lord wants us to think about and reflect on and pray about because it's a very part of our humanity. You know, the very, the very thought of being woman or man means you are called to family. You're created for family. We are created for one another, right? And ultimately, the, pro- the crown and gem of, of love is children. And so we see how right in the gospel, right away, Herod is threatened by a child. Herod's threatened by a child. And we in our own hearts, if we're honest, can also feel at times threatened by children. Why? Because children call us into true love. They call us beyond our comfort zone. They call us into a place where we have to learn to be vulnerable. We have to learn to uh, be led by the Lord. And I think sometimes we might be afraid because... We think we have to figure things out before we can be a mom or a dad. And as you know, that's silly and doesn't make much sense. Because if you wait till you're ready to have children, you'll never have any children. Because God's calling us to be a people that are walking on water when we love. And that means we're listening and being led. If we hear in Joseph how he was led so beautifully in the, in the, in the gospel today. He was led by the Lord many times in how to protect and provide for Mary and Jesus. So I'd like to look at motherhood first. Motherhood, a very honorable, noble role, which I think today can be kind of lost in the heart of motherhood and the beauty of motherhood in the home. That a mother's heart being the cornerstone of the home, the place where the interior of a child is formed, the spiritual, spiritual and emotional well-being of a child begins to develop in those early years. And the formation of the soul at the home is very critical, obviously, because we're body and soul. We don't just teach children how to clean and feed their bodies. We teach them how to clean and feed their souls. And so an important part of motherhood, again, is attending to the interior life of a child. Women, by nature, are interior-oriented, right? They are called to knit life together within themselves. 
God designed them not just physically to do that, but psychologically women are wired to be able to attend to the interior needs of a child, of a husband, of, a hum- of the human race in general. This is some of the f- genius and beauty of femininity. And so the first priority of every woman as a mother is their husband and child. And if you're single, it's every man and every child God places in your life, every woman, every person God puts in your life. So Mary's warmth. A woman brings the warmth of the mother of God into the home. And it helps, again, to free the child up to express his or her heart and be led and guided in virtue as they grow. And no one else ultimately can love and care for a husband and a father as a mother herself. And I think that's an important thing because today there's a temptation, I think, to um, maybe go after a a more career-oriented life. A career, when my family's falling apart, makes no sense. The child's not really worried about what kind of house I'm in or how many rooms there are or what kind of car we're driving. A child longs for the warmth of a mother's heart in the home. And so that's tedious, tireless, hard work, which will be rewarded by Almighty God. So how does heaven see you ladies as women? What does heaven reward? How does heaven want to bless femininity? How does heaven want to exalt womanhood, motherhood? And that's where our hearts want to be focused on the Holy Family. Watch Mary. Look how Mary so beautifully tended to the heart of Joseph and and the child Jesus. And to call upon them daily and ask for their help. So sometimes you have to work, right? Because you're maybe a single mother, you have to work. But you're never alone as a woman, as a mother. Because you're a part of a heavenly team. All of heaven is with you to help you and to assist you in the role of rearing the interior life and forming your children for heaven. So you, if you have to work, then I guess the question would be, is you've got to discern whether is my work in what I'm doing necessary? In a sense, is it to just put food, shelter, and clothing on my children? Or is it something I'm doing to acquire greater possessions? Because the greatest possession is the, the, the development of our children who have immortal souls. And so that's just a question of discernment that men and women have to go through. Is What do we really need? And what is God really asking of us? Do we really need a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger this, a bigger that? Do we need to supersize everything? God's saying, look at the Holy Family. Very poor, very hard. They struggled. And God's not asking us to be, be lazy or to just say, oh, great. They don't have to work. But no, He's saying, what do we really need in the formation of our families and our children? And I think a simple... A rule of thumb that we, both for men and women, is set a tone of simplicity in the home. A tone of simplicity when it comes to food, shelter, and clothing. Simplicity. If I'm content as a parent with the clothing I have, my children will learn to be content with the clothing they have, the food they have, the house they have. But if I'm bitter and always want something greater, then I'm going to foster an attitude of covetousness and greed. Like, you've got to have more, you've got to have bigger, you've got to have better. So children pick up in the hearts of their parents a sense of simplicity, gratitude, and contentment with what they've been given. And that leads to a very holy and virtuous life. And so let's look a little bit now at some of the calls maybe for, uh, 
for fathers. A father is, I believe, the greatest, one of the greatest needs of our current culture and day. Because I was speaking to um, um, uh, one of the judges, I think, that attend our parish. And we were talking about the struggles in our, in our city and in other cities. And one of the things he said was, the greatest problem is a lot of these gangs and violence have to do with the lack of fatherhood. There's not a male role model that's virtuous, that's quiet, that's dutiful, that is um, modeling a life of chastity and purity, a a life of of reputation both personally and and professionally. Um, Someone that is a a pillar um, in the home to, to witness to the children's hearts. So, Joseph had a very just reputation, a very humble, a reverent approach to life. He had the most beautiful woman ever, the Blessed Mother. And he learned to love her and tend to her heart and look deeper than just um, the, the, the material needs. A father's role often can be mistaken as providing just materially. That's not the complete role of fatherhood, as many of you know. The role of a father is to provide also for the the spiritual nourishment and care for the home, to put the spiritual food on the table, to, to, to get the kids ready and, and, and coming to church and um, encouraging them. Seeing a dad pray. When I was growing up, I would look down the hall, and I always remember my dad before work, he, he would always be kneeling at the dresser, praying his prayers before he went to work. And that image left me with a model, an image of what does a man do? A man recognizes he needs God. That's the masculinity we need today. Warriors for Christ start on the knees. So starting on the knees every day as a man is a powerful witness to our children. And so one of the greatest, I think, challenges today in our culture is um, heaven desires men to model Purity for their children. And that involves the entertainment industry. What am I watching as a dad on TV or as a man on TV? And when I see something that's encouraging serious sin, I change the channel or I turn it off because I'm strong enough to say my children's soul are worth more than a temporal moment of pleasure. And I tell the children, sit them down and I discuss to them why that doesn't befit a soul that's destined for heaven. Why that program is harmful to your heart and your mind. And it's not going to help you to be a good dad one day and a good husband. It's not going to help you to love your future wife and to, to reverence her beauty. And so we got to fight against this constant contamination that flows from the television screen into our homes that teaches reckless um, vice. And so we're going to make mistakes, right? We're going to all mess up. But I think this is something that we can all kind of step back and take a moment to think about how did Joseph love Mary and Jesus? Our model's not someone in the world that's successful. Our model is St. Joseph as men. And ladies, your model is Mary as women. And for children, your model's the child Jesus. And so we, we always ask our Lord and Our Lady and St. Joseph to help us in this life um, to, to grow and to steer each other safely to our eternal destiny. And one of the things, you know, that might be a struggle is sometimes is moms and dads really 
fearing their children have rebelled and left the faith or the church. And I'd like you to encourage you to continue to pray and offer that pain and sacrifice to God because he hears it. God will save your children just because he loves your heart as a mother or father. He will do it. But it's just a matter of you saying, I'm never giving up on praying for my children. I'm never giving up on praying for my husband or wife. I'm going to pray. I'm going to live my life. Every time I wash dishes, clean the floor, go to work, sit in traffic, deal with all the things you deal with as a mom or dad or a child, I'm going to offer this up for marriages that are struggling, for children that are, that are lost, for husbands and wives that might not be encouraging. It's hard to live your faith you know, as a woman, when your husband's not practicing your faith, or as a, as a wife, when, when, uh, or as a husband, when your wife might not be practicing your faith. But it's possible. Conversions are possible. Don't ever give up on the power of the Holy Spirit to change your husband or wife's heart or your children's hearts. And so we, on this Feast of the Holy Family, have a lot to think about. The family is the fundamental cell of society. As the family goes, so goes the world. And as marriage goes, so goes the family. And as we live out our masculinity and femininity, so goes marriage. So we pray for the grace to repent for any ways we've misused and abused our masculinity and femininity, our beauty, and to choose the way of the cross. Because one day, the Lord will say to you, well done, good and faithful servants. Great is your reward.